from D. James Kennedy Ministries. This is Kennedy Classics. Kennedy Classics. Hello, I'm Frank Wright, president of D. James Kennedy Ministries, where we are standing for truth and defending your freedom. Welcome to Kennedy Classics. When you wish upon a star, your dreams come true. So sang Jiminy Cricket to a wooden puppet named Pinocchio, who yearned to become a real boy. Stars hold an important place in our imaginations. Literature and music are replete with references to them, many of which seem to speak in some way to our destiny. Perhaps this is because of a perception that significant events sometimes are associated with celestial phenomena. The scripture tells us that God has numbered the stars and has a name for each one. But of all the stars in the heaven, there is not one with greater import than the star of Bethlehem. It was both a sign and a seal of a great promise that God himself would come and redeem his people. But at his appearing, not everyone followed the star to Bethlehem. And the same is true today. For some, their disinterest is rooted in unbelief. But others have not yet heard of the one who the scripture calls the bright and morning star. Here is Dr. D. James Kennedy with his message, Following the Star. And now may we hear the word of God as it's found in the second chapter of the Gospel according to St. Matthew. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the princes of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when ye have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. 
And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. And may God speak afresh to our hearts from these all too familiar words this day. And may his name ever be praised. Amen. Betelgeese may be the largest star in all the heavens. Sirius may be the brightest. And Alpha Centauri may be the closest. But I have no doubt that the most famous of all of the stars, the most beloved of all of the stars that have ever shone in the sky above, is that star that shone so brightly over Bethlehem's babe that frosty night so long ago. That mysterious star which has so enchanted the imaginations of people for 2,000 years. What was it? Speculations have been rife. It was, said Kepler and others, a conjunction of planets, perhaps Jupiter, Venus, and Mars, or some other combination of your own choosing, but not so. For should they have examined the case further, they would have found that planets were malign in the view of the Magi, and they would never have followed any conjunction of planets at all. I cannot say for sure what the star was. It very well may have been a miraculous or supernatural creation of God made just for that purpose. You will remember that when God designed to have Jonah swallowed, he created a fish for the very occasion, tailor-made to suit the purpose. And maybe this was such a star, perhaps it was little beyond the atmosphere of our own earth instead of off afar in the sidereal heavens, the vast expanse of the nebulae. But whatever it was, it has a message for us today that I would like for us to see and hear clearly. I think we might first note that it was a star that came in the winter. It was not a May Christ that came in the midst of the blossoms or a June Christ that came in the midst of the full-blown flowers and the balmy winds or a July or August Christ in the midst of the harvest fields, but it came in a time when the sear leaves had been scattered over the earth and the world was covered with frost. And it reminds us that Christ came for those that are frostbitten by life. He came for those that are snowed under, for those who are under overwhelmed by the cold realities of life. He came that he might soothe and rock and cradle and 
kiss and lullaby a needy and hurt and crying world. He came in the midst of the bleak December, and he came under a glittering star. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And so do all of those who have come to know the one to whom the star points, that he is the king of joy, that at his right hand there are joys forevermore. He is not some cosmic killjoy, some gigantic wet blanket as Satan would make out that he is, but all true joy comes from him. He is a fountain of joy which bubbles up within the soul and overflows of the life. And those that know him best are those who most rejoice. Rejoice evermore! says the apostle, and again I say unto you, rejoice. The great lie of Satan is that sin will bring joy, and the truth is, it is that one to whom the star pointed who is the bringer of all joy. It's a star of witness, very obviously, because it had a single function primarily, and that was to point the wise ones to Christ. And thus, it becomes an emblem of witness of all of those who would preach the truth, of all those who would bear witness to Jesus Christ. To everyone, therefore, who names the name of Christ, that star is an example. And we might learn a lesson from it. What was its name? Do you remember? Well, you won't find it on the star charts, but it's listed very simply as his star. His star. If we would be witnesses for Christ, then we must be his stars. We must belong to him, body and soul, all that we are. Men must know that we are his. By all that we do in our lives, we must bear testimony to the fact that we belong to him. Whose I am and whom I would serve. May that be the motto of everyone that would witness to Christ. They went afar to find the wise men from the east to lead them on to Bethlehem. And that should be our task, to draw men unto the water of life. Furthermore, we see that the star had only one function, and that was to point to Jesus. And sometimes people accuse us who preach the gospel of having only one message. And I hope that when all is said and done that I have but one message, though it may be told in 10,000 ways, it is a message which, which must inevitably point to Christ, who is the source of every good and perfect gift, who is the answer to every question that men may have, who is the solution to all of our problems, the answer to our needs, the way, the truth, and the life. And so the star pointed to Christ. And that should be the great end and aim of our lives. It did nothing else. And if I am remembered for doing nothing else than that, I shall be quite happy that I pointed 
men to Christ, and so should you. Furthermore, we note that when it came to where Jesus was, it stood over where the young child was. It stopped in its course. It had come to the end of the way. It had no further to go. And so it is with us that we are to point people to Christ. There have been those who have come along and said that we need some higher message, a deeper gospel, a higher life, a second blessing, something beyond Jesus. But my friends, that star was not so foolish. He knew that when he had come to Christ, he had come as far as he need go. And we should never forget that all truth which lies beyond Christ is but a lie. For in him is all of the fullness of the Godhead bodily. We need go no farther than Jesus, my friends. We may learn a lot from that star. The wise men did. These magi that came from the east, probably from Babylonia, Medo-Persia, somewhere out there, Wise ones, we're called, they're told. The wise ones that came from the East. You know, wise men have always sought him. In fact, I think we can very safely say that all of the wise that ever are will seek him. For it is the height of wisdom to seek after God. And it is the height of folly to ignore him. The fool has said in his heart that there is no God. If you would be wise, then seek him. Are you to be found among the wise ones that truly sought for Christ? May I point out to you that they made a long and arduous journey. There are some people that can hardly bring themselves to travel four blocks to go to church, especially on Sunday night. These people traveled over rivers and across the barren wastelands of the desert through hostile tribes to come to worship the babe born at Bethlehem. They faced obstacles in Jerusalem and elsewhere, but they were not deterred. They continued rejoicing in the light of the star until they came to where the babe was, and they entered in, and seeing now the babe himself, they knelt down and they worshipped him. And we see the reality of their worship in the gifts that they bring. You know, worship is an offering up of our hearts unto God. And the reason that God calls for our gifts is here as an evidence of the reality of our worship. And so there are so many who are unwise. They pretend to worship Christ, and yet they hold back all that they can. They do not open their hearts to him and give, as these did, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Gold because they sought a king and frankincense because this king was no mere earthly king, but he was divine. And so frankincense, which made up the incense of worship, was offered to this divine king. And myrrh, the same myrrh that was placed in the cup that Christ refused at Calvary, the same myrrh of which we're told that all of his garments smelled of myrrh, the myrrh that was included in the spices in which he was buried, the myrrh that speaks of death, the death of a king divine. That's why they bowed the knee and worshipped this one who had come 
as the King of kings to give his life for the likes of us. And so they worshipped him. How different was Herod from these wise men and how foolish he was, though I'm sure that he considered himself to be quite wise and circumspect. For when he heard of the star, he was troubled greatly, and all Jerusalem with him. And Herod was a picture of all of those who have been in places of power, who have resented Christ, who is the King of kings. They have, as in second place, desired to hold the first place, to usurp the place of God. And so the secular state today would seek to dethrone Christ and usurp his throne for themselves. Herod is a picture of every businessman who finds in Christ and Christian principles some threat to his economic well-being. Herod is a picture of every husband or wife who finds in Christ a threat to some sinful kingdom which they have built around themselves. And so they're troubled greatly about Jesus Christ. And should he come close, their agitation grows worse with each passing day until he can wreak his rage upon the innocents at Bethlehem. And then there are the religious leaders of Jerusalem. When called and asked where the Christ should be born, they're quite facile with an answer in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, though thou be least among the princes of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth who shall be governor over my people Israel. Ah, yes, they knew the words, but they lacked the experience of the heart. For not one of them so much as set forth one step on that brief trip to Bethlehem. They recited the creed and they went to their homes. They did not seek the Christ. And there are some here today who have recited the creed, but their hearts have sought for God not one bit since then. They do not feel their need. They do not feel their sin. They do not feel their lostness. They do not see the goodness and grace and mercy of Christ. They do not want to fly to him that they might find forgiveness and pardon and mercy and eternal salvation. No, they're quite satisfied to have the husks of religion, to go through the rituals, to recite the creed, to have the words, though their hearts are empty and barren. Do you see yourself among these religious ones of Jerusalem? Somewhere in that picture, the light of that star shines down upon us all. Either those who look upon Christ as a threat, those who look upon him with indifference, or those who seek him with ardor and love and are willing to offer their hearts and their treasures to Jesus Christ. Somewhere, my friends, the light of that star shines down upon us all. May it be that we might be found 
among those who are wise men who truly followed the star. May we pray. O oh God, we thank Thee that today we have so infinitely much more to follow than the twinkling glimmer of a faint star. We have the bright sunlight of Thy Word declaring plainly that Thou hast loved us and given Thy Son to die for our sins. O oh God, what excuse have we for not following when the way is so clear and the truth is so plain, when the offer is so rich, eternal life freely bestowed upon those who will believe, upon those who will repent of their sins and place their trust in the crucified one. Oh, let us say with the wise men of old, we have come to worship him. We have come to adore him. We have come to love him. We have come to trust him. And Father, may that star that shone in the heavens above rise as the day star in our hearts and lead us onward as we, following the star, make our way to that celestial city which Christ hath prepared for those that love and trust him. Amen. As Dr. Kennedy prayed, were you in agreement, knowing you have transferred your trust to Jesus Christ? Or is it something that you would like to do? It's a decision all of us must make either to remain trusting in our own efforts to get to heaven someday, which will only lead to eternal damnation, literally hell, or trusting in what Jesus Christ accomplished for us when he died on the cross. There's a verse in the Bible that says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. But the Lord has laid on him, meaning Jesus, the iniquity or sins of us all. As a result, we can know peace with God in this life and for all of eternity. If you would like to receive the gift of eternal life and enjoy all the benefits that go along with it, we can go to God together in prayer right now. Simply pray with me. Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for paying the penalty for my sins. I know I don't deserve it, but I accept the free gift of eternal life and place my trust in you from this day forward. Thank you for this incredible gift, and it's in your name I pray, amen. I hope you prayed that prayer. And if you did, we would like to help you get started in your new life in Christ by sending you Beginning Again, the book written by Dr. Kennedy for new believers. In these pages, you'll learn how to pray, how to read and study God's word, and even know how to tell others about the good news you have just received. For your copy of Beginning Again, just write to our address or call our toll-free number. And may God richly bless you. 
As Dr. Kennedy described, the star of Bethlehem was a star of hope, of joy, and witness. But most importantly, the star functioned to point to Jesus. That star pointed the wise men to the living Christ. But did you know that the constellations of the zodiac also point to Jesus Christ? In one of his most talked about, most requested series of sermons, Dr. Kennedy explained that the stars in the sky tell the gospel story. Those zodiac signs have been twisted and perverted by pagan astrology, which all Christians should reject. But we must not miss the true story told in the stars. To help you see that story, we have developed one of the most compelling resources this ministry has ever put forward. It's the stunning gospel planisphere, which we will send to you as our thanks for your generous donation to the vital work of this ministry. This beautiful planisphere of the heavens clearly illustrates the story of the gospel that God placed in the skies at creation, showing how each sign of the zodiac fits into that gospel story. And it folds out to a full poster size. There is simply nothing else like this that you can find. And we will send it to you as our thanks for your generous donation. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11164, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339. Or call toll-free 888-332-3069. Or go online to djkm.org. Some generous friends of this ministry have stepped forward to establish a generous Proclaim the Gospel Matching Challenge Fund to help us finish the year in the black. If you give right now, your impact will be essentially doubled as you match their challenge. So please contact us right away to help us finish 2018 in the black, ready to move forward with gospel effectiveness in 2019. If you are able to donate $50 or more, we will thank you by sending the planisphere plus Dr. Kennedy's revealing book, The Real Meaning of the Zodiac, which contains Dr. Kennedy's detailed research and writing on how the stars proclaim the gospel message. He strongly rejected pagan astrology, which is a perversion of the zodiac, but he recognized with the psalmist that the heavens proclaim the glory of God. Discover how in this groundbreaking book. And as our thanks for your generous donation of $100 or more, we will also include Dr. Kennedy's 13-message series on DVD or CD called The Gospel in the Stars, featuring messages on each sign of the zodiac and how they fit into the gospel story. This is by far the most requested set of messages ever from Dr. Kennedy. And they can be yours as our thanks for your generous donation of $100 or more. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11164, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339. Or call toll-free 888 
332-3069. Or you can go online to djkm.org. I'm Frank Wright. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Kennedy Classics. We'll see you next time. Today's program is available on DVD for your gift to this ministry of any amount. Please call, write, or log on to our website today. This has been a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries.